Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here. Uh, the last few episodes, we've talked about signs and tongues, and um, this should be short, but I wanted to answer some questions. I'm sure there were going to be some, and I'm glad for that. We're not going to uh, pound you or be hard with you, but just to show you biblically what the Bible says and to answer those questions. I also saw a short little video that someone put together, and uh, boy, it really does show you how when people define the terms, how they get so messed up. We're going to show you this video and these verses and show you how they claim that they're being used. And of course, when they're not and they're not, be using, not being used right, all because we've let them define the scriptures. So here we go. Watch this video and see if you can pick it out. That there are actually three expressions to the gift of speaking in tongues. Number one, the personal tongue. Number two, the proof tongue. Number three, the prophetic tongue. The personal tongue benefits the individual. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 4. The prophetic tongue benefits the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, and 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. The proof tongue benefits the unbeliever. 1 Corinthians 14, 22. The personal tongue is understood by no one but God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. The prophetic tongue is understood by the church with the aid of an interpreter. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27. The proof tongue is supernaturally understood by the unbeliever. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 8. It's very clear right there in Scripture. One gift, three expressions. Each expression serves a different purpose. Yeah, there it is. It's all real clear. It's alliterated in everything. It must be true, okay? And of course, it's not. And I want you to see the verses to what they say um, on those three different, quote, expressions of tongues. Okay, so let's look at these three. Uh, 
So I'll put the verses on the screen. By the way, um, every podcast is uh, also on video, YouTube and uh, Rumble. I don't promote those a lot, but they're there. And especially on one like this, you may want to go look at it because uh, we did show the other video. I'll put the verses on the screen. This is what they said, okay? We're just going to look at their verses that they are proving their points with. So the first one, the personal tongue. They said benefits the individual and the personal tongue is understood by no one but God. Okay, First Corinthians 14.2 and 14.4. So uh, here it is, verse number two. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Now remember again, anytime you see tongue in the Bible, it is either the physical tongue, okay, the physical tongue, or a language. And I promise you, it's there. You don't believe me? Go look it up. I have. Every verse in the Bible says tongue or tongues. I've read every one of them. And every one of them is either talking about a physical tongue or it's talking about a language. Every one of them. Okay? And you can't deny that. There's so many times that it even proves it in a couple verses. Next one we'll see that. It's explaining language is a tongue. So an unknown tongue is simply a language that is unknown to us. We throw in their definition of this ecstatic utterance that we don't even know what we're saying and we try to prove that. Anyway, the personal tongue benefits the individual and is understood by no one but God. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. If you come in speaking a language and they do not know that language, then you're not talking to men. Who's the only person besides you that understands that? God. Okay? So it says... He that speaketh in an unknown tongue or an unknown language, speaking not unto men, they don't know what you're saying, but unto God. Why? God knows all the languages, okay? God knows them all. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So he's speaking, but it's mysteries to the people. They don't understand anything that he is saying. He's preaching in the spirit. He is uh, giving a testimony in the spirit, and it's really good, and it's amazing. But guess what? They don't understand it because they don't speak that language. An unknown tongue is not a crazy, ecstatic utterance. It is a language that is unknown. Please do the study, okay? Look at every verse in the Bible that has tongue or tongues in it and say, yep, physical tongue, physical tongue, language, language, physical tongue, language. That's what you see. And an unknown tongue is simply a language we don't know. Verse three, but he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. So when you're preaching, then men edify. They, they understand that. They're built up with that. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, an unknown language, edifieth himself. Guess what? Hey, he speaks in another language. Oh, wow, that's neat. You ever hear anybody when they speak another language? It's interesting. I, I like to hear it. Hey, talk. It seems weird. Push a button. Talk. It's interesting. Okay? Edifying himself. Wow, he knows these other languages, and we do not. Be that prophesieth, edifieth the church. So if they say it benefits the individual, how? Okay? How is this benefiting an individual? Um, <laughs> all it is is he knows what he's saying. And God knows what he's saying, but nobody else does. So how is it benefiting him? And it's understood by no one but God, no one but him and God. Okay? No one but him and God. So those are the verses they use. 1 Corinthians 14.2 and 14.4. But simply, we explained that last time. It's an unknown language that we don't know. The only other person who knows it is God. So when you come in speaking an unknown language that we don't know the language, then who is the only person that you're talking to? God, all right? Because God's the only one that hears it. Nobody else knows what you're saying. You're speaking in mysteries, okay? Um, let somebody talk in an unknown language, and what do you get out of it? 
absolutely nothing. It may have been the best preaching in the world, best testimony ever. We didn't understand it. It's a mystery to us because we don't speak that language. Okay, that's the first one. Personal tongue, it benefits the individual and is understood by no one but God. That's the verses they gave. And you see, that's not it. Uh, number two, and they mix these around. Number two, we'll use a proof tongue. Okay, the proof tongue. And so this benefits the unbeliever. And is supernaturally understood by the unbeliever, the proof tongue. And so the verse they used was Acts 2.8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Again, own tongue, own language. What's your native tongue? What's your native language? This is supernatural. It is amazing. And we even talked about this last time. Why don't they do this in tongues? Okay. You never hear him talk about this. How we hear every man in our own tongue. The preachers preached Galileans in their language, and the people heard them in their own language. Supernatural? Absolutely. Did it happen? Absolutely it did. Okay? This is not some crazy, ecstatic utterance they were talking, and then the people interpreted it and heard them. No. Verse 6, two verses above it. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in what? His own language. Language. Okay. Again, it uses that. It defines, you want to know what tongue means? Keep reading. Okay. It defines it as language. And so they preach in their language. The people heard them in their language. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. That's amazing. And that's wonderful. Why didn't that happen today? When's the last time you heard of that happening? Can God do it? Sure. I've heard of that happening where church I went to, uh, the guy spoke in English. Uh, no one else could interpret for Chinese. And uh, she heard in Chinese, she got saved. I believe that. God can do that. We know God did that. Um, but uh, when they say it benefits the unbeliever, okay, if today somebody walks in a church that is speaking in a tongues, their tongues, that's a static utterance, does that benefit the unbeliever? Does the unbeliever hear them in their own language? <laughs> Help me. Absolutely not. I've been in those services. When you hear them speak in that unknown tongue, the tongue language, you don't know what they're saying. Do you hear them in your own language? No, that does not happen. And that's what they're talking about. Oh, the proof tongue benefits the unbeliever. It's supernaturally understood by the unbeliever. So every unbeliever in there hears them in their own language when someone's speaking in tongues. No, they don't. Okay, that happened in Acts chapter two. God can do it anytime he wants to do it. Does it happen today most of the time? No. And when they talk about this in the churches, no. Go to a charismatic church, hear them speak in their unknown tongue, whether it's an ecstatic, crazy utterance or whether it's a real language. Do you understand that? No, you don't, okay? That's not even there. And then the prophetic benefits the church, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, and 27, okay? It benefits the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, okay? That's the verse they use for that. It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, okay? And yes, we're to use our gifts of the Spirit, and we talked about that. The gift of the Spirit to speak in tongues is the ability to learn and know a language, some people have that, can pick it up incredibly well and easy. Uh, same people can't. Interpretation of tongues is a whole different gift. Some people say, I can't speak it very well, but I can understand it and explain it well. How come? Because they have that gift. How simple is that? But those gifts are not something you have 
everything when you have it. Wisdom. I got saved today. Did I get all the gift of wisdom that I have now? No. That's something you grew like Jesus. He increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And uh, the same thing, we will also. Okay, so that's the verse I use for that. Uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And yes, when you use your gift of the Spirit, then yes, you will benefit from that. Okay, again, that's not the tongues how they use. Verse 26, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, by the way, this is saying this prophetic gift of tongues is understood by the church, but with the benefits of the interpreter. How is it, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying or to build up. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, an unknown language, let it be by two, the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. It's amazing. I got criticized by this by somebody that said, well, just because that's how they did it in the Bible doesn't mean they have to do it today. Unless it says this is how you have to do it, okay? They use the illustration that said, uh, so when you get saved, you have to have on a robe and, um, and sandals. <laughs> if God said you had to have on a robe and sandals, then yeah, but God didn't say that. But he did say, let when you speak in an unknown tongue by two or three, and that by course, you first, then you, then you, and have one person interpret. That is how God said to do it. Okay, and again, it's an unknown language. So we got some people here and they're from Mexico and their English is broken. They can hear some, but they can't speak it very well and they want to give a testimony. Okay, does anybody here, can you interpret for uh, Spanish, for uh, Mexican? Um, yes, you can. Okay, all right. First you, then you. Okay, the most three. That's it. That's how God said to do it. Okay, um, it's understood by the church with the benefit of the interpreter and it is an interpreter. If you look at the word interpreter, what is that? Someone who takes one language and interprets it into another language. Is that right? Exactly. It's a language. They're an interpreter to interpret a language. Exactly what it is. And so... Um, it's understood by the church with the benefit of an interpreter. Yes, when they come in with speaking another language and somebody else can interpret it. But those are the verses that they use. And guess what? That's not how it's done in those churches. It's amazing. They use those verses, but yet they don't do it that way. First you, then you, then you, and one person interprets for that. That's all that was done. Okay. Uh, the other thing that was said in a criticism that um, those aren't the only times it spoke with tongues and, uh, and nobody knew what they were saying. No, Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19, and they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God, then answered Peter. Yes, when somebody got saved, super excited, you start, you start talking in the other language that you know really well, talk to anybody, be around a Mexican person and they get really excited. What language do they speak in when they get really excited? Absolutely, they speak with another tongue. They speak with their native tongue. Same thing in Acts 19, verse 6. When Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They spake with languages, okay? And is that okay? Sure, absolutely. Uh, but it is not this crazy, ecstatic utterance. What we do, we let them define it instead of letting the Bible define it. How do you understand the Bible? Compare Scripture to Scripture. Absolutely. Look at all the verses in the Bible. I have, okay? And that language, that tongue is always either a physical tongue or a language, okay? It, uh, it always is. The other thing I thought was amazing, and by the way, let me share this. So when they spoke in this other language, okay? When they spoke with other languages around the Jews, it said it was a sign to them that believe not, okay? It was a sign to the Jews that did not believe that it was now going to be going to another country, 
All right. Um, and so First um, Corinthians 14, verse 21, in the law, it is written with men of other tongues and other lips. will I speak unto this people and yet for all that will um, that will they not hear me, saith the Lord, wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. The tongues were assigned to the Jews that didn't believe that when men with other tongues are speaking our gospel and preaching about our God, we know, wow, this is a judgment. And that is all throughout the Bible. Isaiah 28, verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewithal wherewith ye may cause the weary to wet to rest, and this is a refreshing, yet they would not hear. So now we have people, I know missionaries, that have gone to Israel um, to preach to them in another tongue. Why? Because they've rejected it. And if people knew the Bible, when they saw other men with other languages preaching their book, and their God, Elohim, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this was a sign, you've rejected Messiah, and I'm having to use people of other tongues, other languages to speak. Okay, and that's what he did in Jeremiah and in Ezra. God brought judgment on a nation, and he did it by bringing people of another tongue, another nation. Um, Jeremiah five fifteen. Lo, I will bring a nation upon you from far. House, O, uh, o house of Israel, saith the Lord. It is a mighty nation, an ancient nation, a nation whose language thou knowest not, neither understandest what they say. That's a judgment. You bring these people over you that control you and you can't even understand what they're saying. That's judgment on them. Ezra 3 verse 5, Thou, for thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou canst not understand. Surely I have sent thee to them. Um, they would have hearkened unto me. When God used a different language to his people, you knew that was a sign of judgment. And that's what was prophesied about. And that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 21, with men with other tongues and other lips, well, I speak into this nation. Why? It's a sign to you that don't believe that I was Messiah and that was prophesied about and he came. Okay. That is uh, all that that is. I want to make sure I gave you that. The other thing I thought was amazing is if this is a gift of tongues, then why do you have to be taught how to do that? Why do you have to be taught how to do that? When you look it up, how to speak with tongues, then you have all of these steps. The Bible says nothing at all about to be able to learn how to speak with tongues. Okay. This one says, begin to thank God for what he's given you, the ability to speak with tongues. How do you know you have that gift? even if they were right. Keep praising him and thanking him in your native tongue. As you discern certain sounds coming up out of your spirit, begin to speak them out. Empty your mind and spirit of everything. Turn on praise music and begin to worship God. As you do, relax your tongue and allow the syllables to come up. Um, read the written word until you feel another language bubbling up. Begin to speak that out loud. Listen to somebody else pray in tongues and try to mimic their language until your own language is coming out. I'm sorry to laugh at this, but this is what's taught. This is not by one person. I've been in services. Somebody comes up. They want to get the gift. They're laying hands. They're praying for them. They're teaching them to say this, do this, get started, say this word, say this word. Listen to me what I'm saying. They're teaching it. I didn't write this. They did. How to speak with them. Try to mimic what they're saying. Boy, where in the world is that in the Bible? Pray in your native tongue until you sense another language rising. Relax your tongue and jaw and begin to speak it out. Ask another spirit-filled believer to pray in tongues with you. Okay? I mean, just, just crazy. It wasn't one. Um, 
another one, uh, um, start by making, this is another whole teaching, but same thing on it. Start by making simple monosyllabic sounds. Where was this in the Bible? They're teaching out in a whole nother group, same thing. Start by speaking, making simple monosyllabic sounds. Make the first sound that pop in your head to allow yourself to babble a bit. Try to do this as unintentionally as possible. In other words, don't try to sound out specific words and phrases unless they happen to pop into your head at the moment. This may seem a little bit awkward at first um, and will sound like baby babble, but this is the point. You have to start producing random speech before God will help you to speak in tongues. Please forgive me. I know there's some good people. I've got great friends of mine that believe this. This is not Bible. This is not God. Tongues is a language. An unknown tongue is an unknown language. There's nothing at all in the Bible ever about this and to, to speak it. These sounds will probably be choppy and repetitive at first. Don't worry. This is perfectly normal. Uh, so try not to feel discouraged. Um, listen for the repetition or hints in the sounds you're making. Pay attention to those sounds that you tend to naturally produce most frequently and focus on them in your babbling. These may be part of your natural, quote, prayer language. Those words and sounds that flow from your spirit the easiest. Note any sound that you make that seems to take you by surprise, such as a syllable or a pair of letters you don't normally pronounce. These may reflect God communicating with you. So repeat these phrases to add them to your prayer language. Is that crazy to you? Where in the Bible did it teach anything about that? Oh, so you have a syllable that you don't normally pronounce, so God's trying to speak with you through that? This is nowhere, nowhere in the Bible. The last little part here, try praying those words or sounds that seem to pop into your head. This is a form of internal discovery that allows you to add to your prayer language vocabulary and expand your ability to speak in tongues. These may be the words that God flows through your spirit, which result in your speaking in tongues. God will not cause your lips to move, which is why the babbling is so important. However, God may cause certain words or sounds to pop into your head. Repeating these sounds is the basis for speaking in tongues. Repeating these sounds Listen, if this is like they say, the systematic crazy utterance where the Spirit came upon you, then yes, God is going to control your lips. That's God doing it. That's not what they're teaching. Start saying syllables and sounds and these words and put this together. Listen, somebody else mimic what they're saying. Wow. Show me any of that in the Bible. Show me any of that. It's just not there. I'm not mad at these people. I have some great friends, some very good friends, some close friends that believe this. And I believe many of them are saved. They trusted Jesus as their Savior. But they want so badly the security or they want more in the Spirit, which is a good thing. They want more. And they started, somebody got them in this and talking about it. And now they have their prayer language and they can say these syllables and they can do that. It's not Bible. Uh, again, the Bible is our authority in all matters of faith and practice. Whatever the Bible says, that's what we do. That's the way we're supposed to do everything from witnessing to what we wear, to what we believe and how we do this. Bible tongues is very simply language. Okay. It's another language. Please look it up. Don't take my word for it. I, I did the study. I did look it up. All the verses in the Bible, tongue, tongues, and see it's either a physical tongue or a language. That's it. To add something else to it is to add to the Bible is not something that God said. 
Hey, thanks for taking the time to uh, watch this. I hope it was a help. I hope you're not upset. Uh, I am not. Um, but I would love for us to spend the time focusing on what true being filled with the Spirit is, witnessing. How many more people could be witnessed to if we didn't spend our time trying to teach others how to speak with tongues that is not going to do or mean anything except pull us away? Everything that God has, the devil has a counterfeit for it. And I believe this is. God bless and thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.